This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me. Help. Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the Manley Warthog Man Cave. And uh, we are um, experiencing a little bit of heat today. I'll get into that at the weather. And we have succeeded in roofing the compound. And I tell you what, those guys, if they got done with that, they took a, a little nap under the oak tree here because it really was hot yesterday and it's going to be even hotter today. Well, well, well. Uh, we are um, obviously very pleased to have sponsors and contributors to our show. And I uh, want to let you know again about the new one we got, uh, which is called Caliber Coffee. You can check them out at calibercoffeecompany.com. Faith Family Firearms and Coffee and free shipping, $50 plus. If you actually want to shoot your firearm, you want to go to Shoot GTR, our sponsor. It's the only outdoor range around here. Great place, very safe. A lot of instructions there uh, by very competent people. Great supporter. R&R Construction has been a good friend for a long, long time. And to check them out and, of course, all the others you see scrolling by from time to time. And uh, we are, I'm kind of starting out with local stuff. And I've had my eye on this, uh, skeptically, by the way, cynically, on this so-called gun conference or gun summit. or. And I've read, I'm I'm really, another day I might have attended it, but I've attended so many of these Wet firecrackers. I call them wet firecrackers. You know, you think there's going to be something happen from them. And nothing happens from them, but a bunch of hot air. And they talk and they mean well. And they're concerned. Anytime you get 400 people in a room, if that's what they had, you've got people who are kind of concerned. And rightfully so. But, you know, there's a lot of things working against violence. Put guns in if you want to. Take guns out of it if you want to. The society has kind of hit rock bottom in terms of that, if you will, because of its attack on, guess what? Law enforcement. I have to remind you that the uh, GPD still doesn't have a canine. It's being run through the sheriff's office. This is kind of a story that relates to what we're talking about, I think, in a very fundamental way. And you know the story well already. I I don't know if I'm going to say this gentleman's name correctly, I haven't heard it said that much, but I remember his face very, very well. 
He was the Asian-looking police officer in the George Floyd incident who did nothing. He stood, and as he testified in court, and acted as if he were a human traffic cone. You know, there were all sorts of violent spectators there that easily could have rushed that scene and compounded it, made it much worse. And he stood there, not even in a menacing way. I've seen guys stand in much more menacing ways. I've seen violence, as you have too, much worse on some of these videos on the Internet. He didn't put his hands on anybody. He didn't draw his pistola. He didn't even talk to the people shouting at him, as I recall. Tau Theo, I think, is the way you say it. T-O-U-T-H-A-O. What does this have to do with a summit on gun violence in Gainesville? Well, we've got a community that is as liberal as Minnesota, probably more so, as anti-cop law enforcement. There's probably any community around. Tao Teo, if I'm not saying his name right, please, uh, maybe you can indicate it to me on the chat line. According to AP, is the last former Minneapolis police officer convicted, convicted in a state court for his role in the killing of George Floyd. Now, I notice that A&P, like the Wall Street Journal, uses the noun killing. Does not describe it as a murder. A murder is what we have with Ted Bundy or the serial killers or the one in Long Island. They plot, they stalk, they scheme, they entrap, they deliberately carry out a plan. They shoot their children and then themselves to get back at the wife who cheated. All kinds of definitions of murder, which evidently AMP and Wall Street Journal don't feel fit George Floyd, call it a killing. But he was, this reminds me of, I've mentioned this before to you. If you haven't ever read it, and we had to read it in college, I had to read it in French and English. <clears throat> in, in French, it's called La Stranger by Albert Camus, and in English, it's called The Stranger. 
<clears throat> and in that novel, Mersault, the protagonist, kills an Arab on the beach. Of course, he's arrested and tried. And one of the reasons he gets, well, the principal reason, he gets the maximum sentence, the death penalty, is that he showed no remorse. And to establish that this was a characteristic of him, they haul out the fact that at his mother's funeral, he sat by the casket but showed no remorse. I really, it's one of those works which uh, you have to be mature and get older to understand. I was fascinated by the work, but I didn't really understand what Camus was getting at. Well, Camus should have been in the courtroom for the sentencing of Tao Tao. Because he did not show Tao Tao any repentance. I get this. It's in the AP article. Didn't not show any repentance or admit any wrongdoing. He was sentenced yesterday to four years and nine months. All he ever said he did was, quote, act as a human traffic cone, end quote, when he held back concerned bystanders who gathered as Derek Chauvin, and then the AP has to put this in there, who is white, knelt on Floyd's neck for nine and a half minutes while they, and they have to put this in there, black man, pleaded for his life. Now, you have heard George Floyd referred to as a black man. You have heard Derek Chauvin referred to as a white man. But nowhere in this article is Tao Teo referred to as an Asian man. I just find that odd. Characteristically, it's almost a stereotype that Asians are more emotionally even-keeled, less apt to, I see this in their behavior on the tennis court, the Asian tennis pros are very calm under pressure. They've been trained to be that way. Now, even though Teo said that he never intended to hurt anyone that day, and he didn't. He didn't. He even told the court about his growth as a Christian He's been in the jug for 340 days already, waiting for trial. 
he made the reference in the courtroom. He drew parallels with the sufferings and false accusations endured by Job and Jesus to himself. And said, I did not commit these crimes. My conscience is clear. I will not be a Judas nor join a mob in self-preservation or betray my God. For that, the Hennepin County Judge Peter Cahill said he would have liked to have heard some kind of repentance from Tao on Monday. Quote, after three years of reflection, I was hoping for a little more remorse, regret, acknowledgement of some responsibility and less preaching. And then he sends Teo to the top end of the range under state guidelines for his lack of remorse. <clears throat> now, I read Camus, L'Estranger, in 1961. This is 2023. I now understand Camus. I get it, Albert Camus. I get it. I get it. Teo according to the court culture here, facilitated Floyd's death because he stood by and allowed it to happen. <clears throat> so saith the prosecutor. Hundred and seventy seven page ruling. I remember watching that guy's face. Out. <clears throat> I thought he was doing what he was trained to do. Keep the mob back from the I don't even think he turned around and looked at Chauvin and Floyd. This is a, this is the world of Minnesota. You recall that Obama clandestinely deposited a lot of Muslims in Minnesota smuggled into the country 
by bus down 301 over to the, the religious grounds there and then spirited off to different cities of which Minnesota and Minneapolis was one of the main places. Democrats have a very firm grip on Minnesota. The power has shifted. More polarization in Minneapolis. Michigan is following suit. It has to contribute, does it not? To the culture that penalizes so harshly, I would argue, one of its police officers for doing nothing. I mean, he was actually, think about this, convicted for doing nothing. Doing nothing. You know, in sports, we had a saying on the football field. We never wanted a player standing around doing nothing. So our saying was, do something even if it's wrong. My thought is, no matter what Tao Teo would have done, other than stand there and be a human traffic cone, would be wrong. Certainly, that's way the he must have been thinking that way. I'm doing the least wrong thing I can do. So I'm just really skeptical about any gun conference. You're not going to get any gun conference translated into culture change if you go after the cops Because basically it's a war and you want to win it, you got to win it. But you can't win it with your hands tied behind your back. I mean, I don't think you can. So what's all the talk about? The talk is... To make cells feel good, I guess. Certainly the kids carrying the guns. They got a video game named Fortnite, I think is the name of it. I've been looking into it. One of the research team members told me about it. It's all about shooting people. 
It's all about shooting people. They had a mob the other day break loose in in New York. Break loose in New York. Because some kid was going to give away a PlayStation. Well, how do they hear about it? They call him an influencer. I never heard, you know, I'm, I really never paid attention to the word influencer until that. And the mayor comes out and says the kids aren't bad. They've just been influenced. I looked into influencers a little bit. There's an influencer called Mela Sophia on TikTok who boasts more than 100,000 followers. Maybe the word Scott Files should be on TikTok as an influencer. But the thing about Mela Sophia on TikTok with more than 100,000 followers is that she isn't real. She was created by someone known only as, quote unquote, the agent. Who has big plans for this phony human woman? Apparently, she's the definition of aesthetic perfection for young women, and a lot of people have fallen for her. She was created by artificial intelligence platforms, and she's intended to be a marketing tool. Her creator says, quote, with the help of artificial intelligence, virtual model marketing can be done by one person at short notice. And apparently, especially when you look at the chaos in New York City streets, social media is swarming with AI influencers. Amazing. Amazing. Really. So those are my comments on gun the gun conference and poor Tao Teo is going to do five years in the jug for doing nothing. I doubt the judge has ever read The Stranger. I doubt the prosecutor has ever read The Stranger. Now, the interesting thing in The Stranger, too, is that Mersault was French, and the person he killed was Arab. That was another thing I didn't understand at the time. What do they got against each other? Well, it turns out, everything. They can't stand each other. French are Catholic. Arabs are Muslim. They can't stand each other. Here, it appears 
white and black can't stand each other. But it wasn't the Asian fellow's job, was it, to get involved with the white and black and all the cultural canyons between those two people. Throw in the judge. The other local story I want to remind you of is that Alachua County, Florida has been ground zero for 2020 voter babe Zuckerberg's story, supervisor of election, facilitated inmate B, and third-party voter registration organizations. We've had 10 criminal convictions, scheduled change of plea one, scheduled jury trial two, one is pending. It's going to become important when I talk about Trump in a moment. I'll probably repeat it. A couple things I can fill in here with before we go on a break. Because I don't want to start anything new. Deep. Follow up to yesterday's story about transgenders playing tennis. The president of a Wyoming Tennis Association stepped down from her role when a transgender female was permitted to enter a tournament claiming that a, quote, man playing against a woman is very unfair, end quote, and against her, quote, integrity as the president of the Tennis Association. Her name is Jackie Folkrod. Cheyenne Tennis Association board. And she quit because a man playing against a woman is a very unfair matchup, specifically when the tournament is meant for women, women in that specific draw. This man playing as a woman is 27 years old and is going to be playing in the Women's Open Singles Division or the tournament in Cheyenne, Wyoming this weekend. This man playing as a woman is six feet tall, transitioned, there's a brand new verb I've had to learn that way, transitioned six years ago and already has played in tournaments across the nation. The transitioned woman has just finished her junior season at the University of Texas at Tyler. And she spent the first two years of her college tennis career at Metro State in Denver. There you go. The tournament is set to run right now, being played right now.
One other odd story. I should save this for odds and ends, right? A transgender Michigan woman. Are you ready for this? This is the oddest thing I think I've found. Has demanded that her ex-boyfriend hello return her surgically removed testicles which she claims he's keeping in a refrigerated jar. Huh? Brianna Kingsley age 40 of Pontiac, Michigan filed an affidavit claiming her ex 37-year-old William Wojcicki retains possession of my surgically extracted testicles. Now, this is a family show, so I don't want to go into this too much. He's preserved them in a mason jar kept in the refrigerator next to the eggs, and this has all been reported in the Detroit News. Well, I don't want to go into that anymore, as I say, because it's a family show. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We're going to take a break now for the weather. Be right back on the Ward Scott Files. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, RR Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Ward Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All these poop. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. 
Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! All right, welcome back to Ward Scott Files Ward's Weather Report brought to you by Lewis Oil. Well, 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 I just got one word to say. As Douglas Whitaker has said, hot morning and it's going to be a hot afternoon. That's all I know to tell you. I don't have much else to talk about with the weather but that because it is hot. Now, you can blame it on this, that one thing and another, and you can say the polar ice caps are melting and all that business. Um, tornado warnings and all that business, hurricanes. Listen, we just got one thing to deal with right now, and that is heat. So govern yourself accordingly. Well, I want to spend a little time here now. Um, on what I call the show today, the mugshot. You know, the left is obsessed with getting a mugshot of Trump. There's a sheriff in Georgia who says if he comes there and is indicted to Trump, I'll darn sure get a mugshot of him. I think, but I couldn't find it, Trump even made a mugshot of himself and put it on Truth Social. To encapsulate the obsession with Trump, which has been going on since 2016, Nancy Pelosi, who tore up, do you remember this? The State of the Union address while Trump was giving it, tore up behind his back on TV in front of the nation. I was reading about Jefferson and his group. They worried about whether or not the American people had enough class to sustain what they were going to give them as a political model. And if you want to see evidence of the political model under attack, look no further. Further is for distance, which can't be measured with a ruler. Farther is for measurable distance. Look no further than Nancy the Witch Pelosi, who has praised the indictments against Trump as, quote, beautiful and intricate, end quote, and has already tainted the jury pool by saying they have a solid chance 
of resulting in conviction. Is that something a political leader should be doing? Commenting on a trial, possible trial, before it even takes place, before it even occurs? Look at poor Tao Teo. Pelosi made the comments in an interview with a New York magazine published yesterday. And she said the indictments against the president are exquisite. They're beautiful and intricate, and they probably have a better chance of conviction than anything I would come up with. Wow. The interview then turned to 2024 and Trump's re-election campaign, which Pelosi spoke of, according to AP, in dire terms. Don't even think of that, she said, of Trump winning the White House again. Don't even think of the world being on fire. It cannot happen. Or we will not be the United States of America. That woman must live in an alternative universe. There is no other way a reasonable person, do you think, could think of it. And she's not a reasonable person. Most Americans, this is according to Breitbart, well, it's according to a CBS poll, including, are you ready for this? Three in 10 Democrats think that these indictments against Trump are an attempt to stop his 2024 presidential campaign. This poll was released Sunday. And when the respondents were asked if they felt it was an attempt to stop Trump's campaign, 59% said yes, 41% said no. And a deeper look shows that 31% of the Democrats, 63% of the independents believe the indictments are are an effort to hinder Trump's campaign. 86% of the Republicans feel that way. Can you believe it? It's going to be, it's going to be, we already are a terrible situation for the country. Mark Levine, I'm sure you've, some, many of you know who he is. brought up an interesting memory. He said yesterday that the prosecutions of Donald Trump were like the persecution of Alfred Dreyfus. Stay with me on this, Anne Levine. The prosecutions of Donald Trump 
are like the persecution of Alfred Dreyfus. So you say, who was Alfred Dreyfus? Alfred Dreyfus was a Jewish captain in the French army <clears throat> who was unjustly accused and convicted of espionage in 1894. He was blamed for leaking military secrets to Germany. He was tried, convicted, and exiled to Devil's Island. But when evidence of his innocence emerged, pointing to a real culprit, Dreyfus was prosecuted with new charges instead of being free. In France, there was a wave of anti-Semitism. And the trials of Dreyfus reveal the depth of that anti-Semitism in that culture. Dreyfus was eventually exonerated after yet another conviction. But this is known as the Dreyfus Affair. And it led to a realization that Jews had no future in Europe and needed a state of their own. So Mark Levin has compared Trump to Dreyfus. Trump has faced one investigation after another, even after he's been proven innocent. The government has targeted him with 78 charges so far in an effort to silence him and marginalize him. He has to win every jury pool. He has to defend against every single charge in, an, in, in, in order to avoid prison time. And Levin says, you can't even imagine that this is happening in this country. Well, let me tell you where it is happening. This is kind of interesting. I hope you're finding today's show interesting. Because this is a this is a result of my research. Alexei Navani. Navalny, I think I'm saying it right. Navalny, Navalny, Alexei Navalny. Who is he? He's Russia's leading opposition figure. A court in Russia just sentenced him to another 19 years in prison on top of what he's been serving. or criticizing the Putin government. That's what they'd like to do to Trump, you know. 
He's going to go to a correctional colony. Facility is dangerous. Everyone there has a life sentence. Stringent conditions. Restrictions on freedom of movement, communication, how prisoners spend their free time. It's pretty clear that it's politically motivated. And that's a result of the Russian legal system. And that he's been Putin's most effective critic. But that's not going to help him. If you look at this, When the people did try to help Trump, what happened on January 6th? You saw it. And as of right now, <clears throat> as of right now, the Justice Department, <clears throat> Justice Department, has charged more than 1,100 people in relation to the January 6th Capitol riot. And you ready for this? About a third of that number to prison time. This is 31 months after the event. Of all the charges listed, the majority of defendants, 967, were accused of trespassing on restricted federal grounds. Just over 100 of the people in that group face additional charges for illegally entering federal grounds with a weapon. The DOJ said 372 people were charged with assaulting, resisting, or impeding officers or employees. Roughly a third of those were accused of using a deadly weapon against an officer or causing serious bodily injury to an officer. About 64 people were charged with destruction of government property. 51 charged with theft of government property. Monetary losses have added up to upward of $2.8 million. Is that government money chasing these people? Yes. The amount reflects among other things, damage to the Capitol building and costs borne by the U.S. Capitol Police. Meanwhile, Trump has announced that he will pardon <clears throat> those convicted of crimes related to the Capitol riot. <clears throat> 
Boy, they love that, I'm sure, the government. Here is really the capstone. There was a movie called Last Hurrah. It was a fictionalized 1958 film version of a guy named James Michael Curley. Spencer Tracy played this guy. James Michael Curley foreshadowed Donald Trump. 1874 to 1958 was his lifespan. He served four non-consecutive terms as Boston's mayor and one as Massachusetts governor, along with stints as a city alderman, a state representative, and a U.S. congressman. But the biographical fact most relevant to him being compared to Trump is that he was imprisoned in 1947 while he was Boston's mayor. And that wasn't the first time he'd been in prison. In 1903, while a member of the State House of Representatives, he was convicted of taking a civil service exam for a constituent who wanted a job as a letter carrier. In prison, he brashly and successfully ran for Boston's Board of Aldermen. Using the slogan, he did it for a friend. Trump has been saying, I'm doing this for you. Four decades later, he ran for mayor and won while under federal indictment for mail fraud. He served part of his last term as mayor while he was in the federal jug in Danbury, Connecticut. But President Harry S. Truman pardoned him, and he then returned to his job. The point made here by the Wall Street Journal writer, William McGurn, is that Trump, like Curly thrives on scandals that would destroy ordinary men. Affairs with porn stars, two impeachments, various indictments. This makes Trump stronger. Huey Long. In Louisiana, did it with rural whites on small farms in the 20s and 30s. A chicken in every pot was his slogan. How about Mayor Barry, the mayor of Washington, D.C.? Cocaine addict while he was mayor. 
set up in a sting by the cops who almost killed him because the coke they used to entrap him was stronger than what he was used to. It's all on grainy black and white film. He went to the jug, came back, returned to politics like nothing happened. The black voters put him in. With Curly, the Irish voters put him in. Trump supporters see the biased investigation into non-existent Russian collusion, FBI lying to the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, It's a two-tier system of justice. Even Barr has said that. And uh, Trump might well be laughing all the way to the White House. Americans, according to Aaron Zittner and Annie Linsky in the Wall Street Journal are worried there will be another electoral crisis in 2024. They are convinced in larger and larger numbers that 2024 is going to be a dishonest election. About 70% of the Republicans believe that Biden didn't legitimately win the election. We got kicked off of YouTube for saying that, or asking that. Mail-in ballots, which a a lot of states expanded using COVID-19 pandemic as a reason, have widespread problems. No one knows how much fraud's in that. Twenty twenty four elections. Meanwhile, if I'd had time today, I was going to get into how they're working away at DeSantis, trying to depict him as a racist in case he should become a contender. Trump's right about something. The Democrats stick together. Republicans don't seem to. Skepticism of the 2020 election outcome pretty clearly has eroded confidence in democracy. Pelosi's not doing any good running her mouth. Horrible, horrible leadership on her part. Awful, just awful when you think about it. For a person like that to say childish things like that, All the King's men, you're absolutely right, Jackie Gensler. 
by Robert Penn Warren. Great, great book about Huey Long, a chicken in every pot. Well, there you have it. That's why I call today's show the mugshot. They could just get a mugshot. Well, that'd make them happy, wouldn't it? Well, Tao Tao, hope I said the name right. Albert Camus, Estranger. Convicted for doing nothing. It may well be and showing no remorse. It may well be the only instance I personally know of that other than the one in the French novel. Convicted for doing nothing. Well, stay out of the heat today. Protect yourself as best you can. Tomorrow we should have Ted Yoho with us. Have a great day. Warthog Command Center out.